The season of free is in full swing at T-Mobile. And this time, we're going big, like the biggest screen you'll ever see at T-Mobile big. Because we're giving away 50-inch Samsung 4K TVs. You heard right, a free 50-inch TV delivered in time for the holidays when you get one of the latest Samsung phones and add a line. So get to a T-Mobile store right now, because this deal won't last long. At participating stores, offer fulfilled by Samsung with online redemption code, qualifying credit, new line of service, timely redemption, and phone finance agreement required. Two new lines required for new customers, one offer per account. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. And Don, it was a big weekend on the football recruiting side. There were a lot of high-end prospects in Chapel Hill for the basketball game against Gonzaga. UNC got two additional commitments. There was a last-minute official visitor. And there's also the high school, uh, the North Carolina high school championships were also this past weekend. You were on hand for five of those. So, man, after a whirlwind weekend, what are you doing to kind of relax for maybe 24 hours until signing day really starts hitting because that's later on this week on Wednesday. Yeah, that's going to be here before we know it. I'm, I'm just going to be, I guess, um, preparing for Wednesday. Um, there's a bunch of loose ends that need to be tied up for that. Um, there's uh, some potential announcements on Wednesday that uh, we, we don't know 100% on whether they're going to be announcements or not. And then really, I'm just looking forward to uh, the following week and <laughs> Uh, not just for Christmas, which is always nice, but uh, just a little bit of a, of a break because these past couple of weeks have been um, very hectic. It has, which is, you know, a I think a overall positive for football recruiting because going into the month of December, Don, or I guess um, when the season ended back in November before Coach Mac Brown took over, there wasn't a whole lot to really talk about with this class. I mean, UNC kind of had its its guys they were pursuing some other names, but correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I, I just get the sense that with Coach Mac Brown coming in, it suddenly seems as if there's just a whole lot more to talk about now during these last couple of weeks. Well, I really think it's more of the early signing period. If you remember last year, we faced a very similar sort of, um, I guess, crunch within those uh, those two weeks or those well, those first two weeks of December, right before the signing the signing period, um, just because schools were. And we didn't know we didn't know what to expect last year, just because it was the first time that we had the early signing period. But um, you know, schools had decided, okay, we're going to try to sign all of our verbal commitments. North Carolina, with the exception of DeAndre Hollins, UNC was able to sign all of its all of its verbal commitments during the December signing period at that time. Um, and then they they even landed a couple of. Uh, uh, additional guys with uh, that that official visit weekend prior to the um, prior to the December signing period. Um, I guess the most famous was uh, Javante Williams, who officially visited that weekend and and uh, committed before the weekend ended. Played in the Shrine Bowl and then went on to sign with North Carolina. But yeah, so I think it's more of a product of the early signing period, but also Mac Brown has definitely added a little bit of extra, uh, I guess, juice to these last couple of weeks because fans are definitely way more excited and they're following it a lot more closely. Every twist and turns making a big deal on the uh, message boards. Um, 
you know, and, and really it's just the excitement that Mac, Mac Brown has, has brought to uh, the, the fan base. Everyone, everyone is happy. Everyone is, um, can't wait to, to see what's going to happen next. The fans especially have been much more engaged, I feel like, on the message board. And just from what I'm kind of seeing in, you know, just out there. Um, so it's a huge positive, Don, going into the signing day. Let's talk about the two most recent additions to UNC's 2019 class. And that is Kevin Hester and then Obi Egbuna. So, you know, start with either one, Don, because to be honest, I have very little information on these guys. I know I think Hess or no, um, was it Egbuna was the one that was actually coached by Dre Bly or was that? Yes, he was. He was on Dre Bly's seven on seven team. And his name, I, th- I think I've seen it pop up, you know, here and there on the message board over the course of, of the of the year. Never really looked into much. Kevin Hester was completely out of the blue. Sounds like he is a former basketball player who switched over to play football. So break down these two guys for the listeners who may not be very familiar with who they are either. Well, Ekbona is, as you said, he's been trained and also played for uh, Dre Bly's uh, 707 team. And I mean, he's a guy who's he's a true cover corner. Uh, he had unbelievable numbers. I think it was like uh, six interceptions this past season, helping Charlotte Christian win the state championship in the independent league. Um, they also went undefeated, and he was their their guy that that would blanket a receiver and, and take him out of the game. Um, he's not the biggest guy, and but neither is Dre Bly, and I think uh, Dre liked that about him and kind of uh, took him underneath his wing and was, I'm assuming, when Dre became North Carolina's cornerback coach, that uh, Obi was, was a guy that he said, hey, I want him on my team. And, you know, he was committed to Richmond at the time. He's been committed to Richmond since before the, the football season. And they were able to uh, to get in, to sneak in an official visit this past weekend. Before the official visit ended, UNC offered him, and he jumped on it immediately. So he's a guy that's going to help answer some questions at in the DB group, which really has, uh, at one point, I think we were up to five DB verbal commitments. Um, and prior to uh, Buna's uh, verbal commitment, we're down to to two, I believe, um, if my memory serves me correctly. And then we have Kevin Hester, who verbal committed later on in the day. UNC offered him this past or last week. Uh, UNC offered him, got him in for an official visit, and uh, were able to to score the verbal commitment before he left. Also. And then, uh, you know, the, the thing with him, as you mentioned, is he's your stereotypical basketball player turned football recruit, which seems to happen all the time. You know, uh, a player who has great size, great athleticism, because the game of basketball requires those two things, but just doesn't have enough to make it in basketball. They try football out and and find some home. Usually it's at, at a defensive end, maybe a wide receiver or tight end, um, and and. That's what he kind of fits into. Uh, despite the fact that he has only played one year of high school football, he has a good amount of scholarship offers. And, um, you know, North Carolina was obviously the latest one. Um, you know, he took a couple of official visits, and but North Carolina uh, was able to, uh, to convince him to not only commit, but, but sign on this Wednesday. 
And so as far as, as Hester goes, Don, who were some of those other schools that had offered him? Because like I said, his was not a name that I remember seeing on Inside Carolina prior to this past weekend. Well, he took official visits to Coastal Carolina and Tulane, and both of them had offered him scholarships. He also had scholarship offers from Boston College, Rutgers, uh, Southern Miss, and Wake Forest. And the thing that's most interesting to me is that Southern Miss and a couple other schools actually offered him before he played a single down of high school football. Southern Miss offered him way back in May when the only thing they had to go off of was uh, some uh, spring practice clips. So there's probably a good deal of of raw athleticism there, I would imagine, with him, especially since he used to be a basketball player. Would that be pretty fair to say? Yeah, I mean, he's a kid that I would be surprised if you see him play as a true freshman. I think he's a kid that, that definitely needs, you know, at least the year of um, the year to redshirt to develop and to become a better, um, better within his technique. All right. And then let's talk about Obi Egbuna then, because... You know, like he was the one that I did kind of hear because there's a lot of chatter about bringing Dre Bly in as a potential coach, even under um, with Coach Fedora's staff. And some people had said, well, he also has a really good quarterback that he's that he's very close with. So with Obi Don, I, I like the fact that he did play for Charlotte Christian. They are a pretty big time football school down there in Charlotte. I think maybe their overall talent level has dropped off a little bit as of late. But playing in the in the independent league, you know, what about his level of competition and how do you think he's going to translate to the ACC and Carolina specifically? Well, Charlotte Christian within, I guess, the Charlotte private school conference, they play some of the, you know, as good a talent as anyone else does. Um, Now, some of their out of conference competition might not be the greatest, but, you know, uh, Charlotte Christian definitely is. I would say that playing against um, whoever in the Charlotte area, they could definitely hold their own, even against the Mallow Creeks and the Myers Parks and those sort of programs. So it's, it's um, they, there's a lot of talent on that roster and they definitely do play some good teams. But uh, as I mentioned, there are some um, cupcakes in their, in their non-conference and that's just the nature of, of independence ball. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy that though, that has proved his worth in seven on sevens in, in different camp settings he just uh, has never been able to have someone kind of take a chance on him because they look at his size and that sort of thing. But his um, production is is certainly there. Yeah, 5'10", 170. That's the only thing that I would be a little bit afraid of because he's also a little bit slight of frame. So, you know, I don't know if he quite has the weight to get up there like in the 185s, 190, like you would kind of want to see from from a from a cornerback in my opinion, Don, I think maybe he's like a nickels, uh, like a nickelback, that that slot cover guy. Would you kind of uh, agree with that? Is what his position may ultimately be in college? Yeah, from what I I've seen, I think he's a guy that you can put on an opponent's number one receiver and shut him down. Ultimately, not not something that will happen as a true freshman or or even the first couple of years in college. But I think ultimately he's a guy who you can put on the opponent's number one receiver and and ask him to shut that receiver down. I mean that that's what he was tasked with doing at Charlotte Christian and and I feel like he has the the man coverage skills and the instincts to to do that sort of thing on the college level also. 
That's good to hear, man. Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial breakdown. When we get back, let's discuss briefly some of the other big-time names that were in Chapel Hill for the basketball game against Gonzaga. So we'll be right back after this. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegley here talking UNC football recruiting with Don Callahan. So, Don, apart from Egbuna and Hester, there were also a bunch of very high-profile guys that were on campus over the weekend. We're talking four- and five-star players from the state of North Carolina for the class of 2020. So for everyone listening in to get that full list of names, Don has that posted on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board, so you can go there. But in terms of generally speaking, Don, I think it's a huge positive that Carolina was able to get guys that are most likely going to end up being in the top 10, top top 15 in state for the 2020 class in Chapel Hill for this kind of weekend's event. I think that really is all about Mac Brown and just how well he's doing in recruiting early on. Do you think that that's pretty fair to say at this point? Yeah, but I, I do want to kind of throw out there that that all of these guys who visit it, and as you said, they're, they're 2020 recruits who are five-star, four-star, in-state guys that are being recruited nationwide. They have all visited, at, actually, I think a, at least a few times under Coach Fedora. Now, would have would Fedora been able to get that group on campus this past weekend? Uh, if someone were to say no, I wouldn't disagree with them, just because I think that there's definitely a buzz around the program right now, and that has helped kind of attract those guys. Plus, you have the, I guess, the quote-unquote excuse to get those guys on campus. You could say, hey, I know you've been there a bunch of times, but you need to visit this weekend because you need to meet your new potential position coach or meet the new coordinator, whether you're a defensive player or offensive player. You know, that is kind of a thing to say, okay, well, here's your reason why you need to visit. You can go to the basketball game. You can meet your new coordinator. You can meet your new position coach, that sort of thing. But um, as I mentioned, the buzz definitely helped attract those guys. We will actually have updates on um, the majority of, of the visitors. Um, but we won't be posting them until after after um, signing day, just because the focus really is on the 2019 class and how UNC can, I don't want to say finish, I, I, I guess the term is finish off, just because well, we still have another signing day where a lot of things can happen. But um, for the most part, you know, this uh, December signing period is, is kind of a, a huge step toward the end of the 2019 class. Yeah, it really does seem like a majority of the work for the 2019 class will be done by this Wednesday. But sticking with the guys from 2020 just for a little bit longer, Don, do you think that Carolina is going to be a serious player in the recruitments for these guys? Because like you said, they are national level recruits, very high end four and five star guys. Just what you're hearing right now on the intel like, should Carolina fans kind of be keeping a close eye on these guys, or or is this going to be a situation like, you know, with Quaveris Crouch, where very early on it was obvious UNC was not going to be his destination? No, I think I think UNC is going to be a, a major player with all of these guys. Will they land all of them? Probably not. But I think that uh, UNC is going to be a huge threat in all of their recruitments. And I, I really expect, particularly with the in-state, Guys, I, I expect UNC to have a lot of success this year. 
just because you have there's always that that um, first full class bump that a new coach gets. You know, it doesn't matter if it's North Carolina or where it's at. They always get that first class bump because there's you know, the current coaching staff really doesn't have a win loss record. They that they no one can look back at what they did and say, okay, well you didn't do this, you didn't do this because there is nothing right now. But there is a whole lot of promise and a whole lot of um, potential and, um, you know, and, and recruits eat that stuff up. And um, I think it's going to help with this class. And it's good that this is going to be a, a pretty solid in-state class. I mean, just looking by the guys who visited this past weekend, and these will be, I guess, form the foundation of the, of the top guys. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said, we'll have updates on all of them and, all of the returns thus far from those 2020 elite recruits has been very, very, very positive. What about this state of North Carolina overall for 2020, Don? Because 2019, I feel like, was a average, maybe a little bit better than average class for, for North Carolina, given that they did have Quintavious Crouch, who was a five-star guy. But for 2020, how would you rate that class overall as things stand right now? It's so hard for me to say at this moment just because my focus has been so much on the 2019 class. But I think it's going to it's definitely going to be a very good class. Um, I think it has a chance. It won't have that elite, elite, elite guy like a Kovars Crouch. uh, But there are, in my opinion, there's three guys who are competing for the top spot in-state. Uh, that's uh, Desmond Evans, uh, Mitchell Mays, and Jacoby Cohen. Um, those three, I think, at, at this point, and you know, my opinion is, is bound to change after seeing camps and seeing how these guys um, uh, develop over the offseason, but I think at this stage, those three guys have an argument to, to, the, to claim the crown of the top in-state recruit, but it's really, um, if Right now, feels a little bit deeper than than the 2019 class. But again, I mean, my, my focus is so much on the 2019 class that uh, um, it's hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around the 2020 class at this moment. I'll probably have a better idea after uh, after the holidays. Well, and Mitchell Mays is a name that I think everyone listening to this podcast should recognize because we've talked about him when he's been on campus at least once, Don, maybe more than that I can't remember completely off the top of my head but I know he made it to at least one game so you know I think the fact that Carolina is trying to really get those 2020 guys on campus as soon as they can show them what was an amazing atmosphere there in the Dean Dome for that game against Gonzaga so you talk about just a perfect overall weekend it was hard to really script it up better than that so, you know, let's let's talk about signing day really quick here, Don, as well. And for everyone listening, Don and I are going to try to do an actual huge preview uh, for National Signing Day on Tuesday. So that will actually run Wednesday morning for everyone listening into this. But one name in particular was Jaden McKenzie. He announced that, it, it, that his recruitment is going to come down between Carolina and Ohio State. What are you hearing so far about Jaden's decision, Don? Because I'll admit, Ohio State, I think you know Carolina fans have good cause to be worried in this one. But I didn't really hear too much about the Buckeyes during his recruitment. Did they make kind of a last 
like a, a you know kind of like a, a late push here to really ratchet themselves up into his top two favorites well i don't i don't know if a late p- push is would be i guess the best way to put it i think what it basically was you know ohio state had offered him um i believe it was i believe it was over the summer and i think that mckenzie didn't truly think that the buckeyes were all that interested in him that it was more kind of like a an offer just throwing out to to get him on campus but during his official visit to Ohio State they they said no that's not the case i mean we we want you we want you on this on this roster which a lot of people have you know i've been a huge fan as a recruit of jaden mckenzie i had him ranked very very high in my in state rankings and a lot of people kind of um I got a lot of, uh, I guess, I guess backlash from from that a little bit, um, you know, and, and a lot of people questioned whether the Ohio State and the Clemson offers were were legit. Well, we at least know the Ohio State one is because Ohio State not only hosted him for an official visit, but definitely made it clear to him that that they want him. Now, since then, there's a lot of rumors about whether he has given his uh, verbal commitment to Ohio State when he during that that official visit that I was just talking about. And following Friday's state championship, which he helped Wake Forest win its third in a row, and I think also they're they're on a 45-game winning streak. And he did say that he has informed all three coaching staffs of his decision. And, and you know, and in addition to that, I asked him about the rumors about um, him committing to Ohio State. And I'm just going to give the quote out there because I think it's um, I don't think I could really explain it better than what his quote says. I wouldn't say that I'm not verbally committed until signing day. I'm signing and verbally committing on the 19th. Now that's, it's a denial, but it's also kind of a confirmation sort of thing. In my opinion, Um, you know, he could have just said flat out, Hey, no, I did not give Ohio state my, my uh, verbal commitment, but uh, um I don't know. I I don't think this this looks good for North Carolina. This was a recruit recruitment that for a very long time. I mean, he's probably appeared in every single one of my mock classes, which, as we know, this year um, doesn't mean very much because I haven't been all that successful. Um, this year's definitely having a really bad year. I can't wait for twenty twenty so I can uh, so I can kind of uh, redeem myself. But yeah, so things don't look all that great. He did though say on a couple of different occasions that his his mind could be changed between now and and signing day. He's going to have an actual announcement, very similar to what Zach Gill did and uh, Dexter Lawrence. Um, Devin Lawrence had an announcement, but but his was uh, after a football game. Whereas uh, all those other guys that did something in the auditorium of Wake Forest High School and usually do something where they turn the lights off. Um, and kind of, you know, when the lights come back on, the guy is wearing whatever school is picking. But but he plans on doing something similar at at, at uh, Wake Forest High School on, on Wednesday. So we'll we'll see for sure. But I don't think um, unless something changes, it doesn't look all that good for North Carolina. Yeah, that is kind of just a disappointing to hear, Don, because McKenzie was someone that you and I have talked a lot about on this podcast. Both of us were very high on him. I mean, it, it is one of those things, though, where – I think just as a fan, my perspective is if he was selecting like Wake Forest or NC State over Carolina in this type of situation, I think it would hit a lot harder and be like, man, that really sucks. 
But just if you're looking at overall football, you know, powers and things like that, Ohio State is a tier above Carolina. I mean, let, let's just be honest yeah, about they're that. They're blue blood. It, yeah. It, it, it's, you know, I mean, it, it, it's tough to, to see a kid potentially go somewhere else. But like I said, if it's Ohio State and they host him for the official, they clearly want Jaden, it's hard to really make the argument that he sh- that you know that that Carolina should have gotten that uh, sh- should have gotten his commitment put it that way so let's um let, let's take an, another quick commercial break on when we get back let's talk a little bit about the high school games that that you were at over the weekend and then let's go ahead and wrap it up by talking about the surprise last minute official visit that can hopefully give our listeners some <laughs> some good news on this podcast going into the end of this one so hang tight we'll be right back after this i want to feel the heat with somebody yeah i want to dance with somebody with somebody who loves me alexa play whitney houston okay Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegler here with Don Callahan, wrapping up our talk about a huge weekend for UNC football recruiting. So, Don, just very briefly, man, talk to us about all of the North Carolina high school championship games that you were at over this past Friday and Saturday. And you know, just how much fun you had sitting out in the cold and the rain and the fog watching these things. <laughs> well, I think you want me to bring it up just because uh, your Murphy High School um, won. Bulldogs, yes. Yeah, they won a championship. Um, so uh, and, and they won it in, in impressive fashion. I did catch the tail end of that. But, you know, speaking of the weather, weather was awful. And it was worse Friday than it was Saturday. Saturday was kind of hit or miss. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting in a press box, so I'm not really feeling the effects too much until I go uh, down to uh, the sidelines during pregame to get some photos and talk to uh, some coaches and all that. Um, so I didn't have to deal with it too much, um, but I enjoyed it. Saw saw a bunch of really good games. For those who end up watching the the Wake Forest Vance game on Friday night, it was an unbelievable game. Seven seven up until the last I don't know, I think it was the last uh, under a minute of. Field goal was blocked, which we'd think would be a good thing. Vance recovers it for whatever reason at the one-yard line. The very next play, there's a fumble. They recover it, but when they recover it in the end zone, get obviously that's a tackle, safety. So they end up losing. Vance ended up losing to Wake Forest, as I mentioned earlier in the uh, the podcast, by a a safety. Um, there's also, you know, I saw Shelby and, and North Davison play. Uh, yeah, that was another blowout. Well, Shelby, Shelby won yet another state championship. The play that stood out to me, for those who haven't seen it, is Jack Hollyfield, who I know is not a name people want to hear yet because of his brother Dax, had an unbelievable one-handed inter- interception that he returned. I think it was 96 yards for a touchdown. Uh, tremendous play, although he Jack looked like he was running out of gas towards the end of uh, that uh, 96-yard uh, run. But uh, great play. Also caught Reedsville versus Northeastern. Another really good game. Uh, ended on a, on a field goal at the end. 
Um, and then the, the final game that I caught was the um, East Forsyth for Scotland, another back and forth game that that just basically whoever scored last was going to win. That ended up being East Forsyth. A lot of really good players on that team that North Carolina is looking at. Um, there's in the Vance Wake Forest game, not only was there Jaden McKenzie, but Vance has two linebackers that North Carolina has offered a, a 2020 a kid um, by the name of uh, Sol- Solomon Sutton, and then 2021, uh, Power Eccles, and Power Eccles is, is probably going to be one of the top uh, players in the 2021 class. He's w- really one of the top players, regardless of class, in high school football in North Carolina this past season. So, I mean, he, so, so there definitely was uh, some really good UNC, UNC targets in, uh, in that game. Well, actually, you know what? It was complete oversight by my by my part, Don. I completely forgot to bring up the fact that you also were on hand to watch the Shrine Bowl practices all last week. Yes, uh, which you know, Choffrey Brown was there. Um, like you, you mentioned, there were a couple other other UNC targets. So, just real quick here, actually, run us through those those practices and what you saw from the UNC guys during that that week down in um was it spartanburg south carolina where they yeah. actually practice spartanburg yes so my hectic week began with uh i originally was supposed to head down to spartanburg on sunday and while it seems like it was forever ago we got that uh, snowstorm that came through over the weekend so i headed down on saturday night um you know spent the whole day hanging out during the you know photo shoots and um physicals and all that stuff that goes on 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 Saturday the check-ins and everything like that and then and then the practices began on Monday but because of the snow they weren't able to go outside until the Tuesday afternoon practice which kind of stinks because there's there's only so much really there's hardly anything you can get out of a practice inside of a high school gym which is what they had to do because of oh god the the field (laughs) conditions yeah so it was it was kind of a boring day and a half to start off with but UNC, in addition to Chaffrey Brown, UNC had um, new verbal commitment, Emory Simmons who, uh, at wide receiver. What would have been really cool is if Welton Spotsville would have also been there. He was selected, but because of a shoulder injury, he pulled out at the last second. And if you would have had those three, the guy you would have had thrown to him would have been Sam Howe, who we'll get into in a second. But, uh, you know, Chaffrey and Simmons looked really good. Um, uh, you know, I caught a little bit of the Shrine Bowl just because I was at the state championship games. Um, that was my focus, but I did have the Shrine Bowl on my computer while I was watching the, the state championship games. I plan on watching the game and, and you know, breaking it down later on. But um, from what I saw, Chaffrey and Emery had good games. Um, it wasn't a great or a clean game by any means, which is usually the case for all-star games. But I think it was uh, kind of interesting to see uh, those guys. Oh, I even for- I forgot just because he actually had a good week. Uh, long snapper Drew Little was also there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually a good thing if you forget the long snapper, because I think if you remember him, you're remember- remembering him for the wrong reasons. But uh, he also had a really good game. And I actually got a chance to watch him practice, which was, believe it or not, kind of neat when you see a true long snapper snapping and you see just the velocity and just the, the quickness of the snap. I mean, it's it's definitely – I'm not going to say I'm an expert on long snapping by any stretch of the imagination, but when you see Drew Little snap and you see 
a regular just high school kid snapping, there's a huge difference. And, and you can definitely notice it. And I, there was one point where, um, you know, the man of the hour, Sam Howe, said, hey, Drew, come on the sidelines and, and I want you to snap to me. So and Sam actually had a hard time catching the snap to put it down, which I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if uh, if Sam holds for his uh, his high school team or not, uh, but uh, it was it was kind of funny to see just how you know he was telling Drew that he needs to slow it down, and and Drew's explaining, no, I can't slow it down, or else it'll be blocked. So I just I guess go with the segue, and you know Sam was another guy that uh, that was impressive. He's not a UNC commit. That might change. Any day now, mm-hmm. we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, the thing with him, you know, uh, I mean, he, his arm is just unbelievable. I mean, I, you know, I was watching during practice and well, actually I'm not watching, I'm listening. And I could hear the ball hiss almost like a, you know, someone throwing a baseball. It was just, uh, it comes out of his, his arm so quickly and with such, such velocity. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, and he's the type of guy that if you're not ready for the ball, I mean, it's 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 gonna it's gonna nail you in the in the face uh, because he's just he puts so much so much on the ball and, and it's almost there's not a whole, I don't want to say there's not a lot of effort he's not like just winging it you know it's it's a, a fluid motion and he just has a naturally strong arm so I'll just uh, leave that segue for you to, so we can go in to talk about Sam Howe. I know you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there, man. I got to say, I'm a little bit hurt because <laughs> I, I was totally going to bring up the fact that Drew Little, you know, there was footage of him snapping to Sam Howell as to tie it all back into my earlier you know, roadmap. We were going to talk about uh, Howell here. So, you know, thanks. Just well, I to, felt I'm, I felt I'm, bad. Sad. I felt bad because I forgot about Drew Little and we always forget about long snappers. And I think the UNC fans are going to be really happy for the next four years because, and they're not even going to know it, but for the next four years, there's going to be a long snapper who is never going to bring any attention to him just because yeah, he's an elite long snapper. So I, I want to make sure he gets some sort of uh, uh, publicity. Oh yeah. Drew's just an overall great competitor. Great kid. Uh, I've been actually following his, his high school season you know, pretty closely, Don, and um, I'm very excited to see what he can bring to the Tar Heels. But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this discussion up with Sam Howell because I think we, we kind of saved the best news for last four Carolina fans. Sam Howell is, I think, Don, he is still on campus right now. We recording this early Monday morning. Yeah, he's not on campus. Okay, he, he's already left. He's- yeah, because today's a dead period. Ah, okay. Well, Sam has left the campus already, but he d- took a very last-second official visit to Chapel Hill. Uh, began on Sunday, Don. So give us the scoop on that one. And you know, I don't think it, it's it's hyperbole here. This is massive news for Carolina. Go ahead and break it all down for us. Well, the reason why it's such massive news is that. During, I don't know which interview it was because uh, Duke Howe, Sam's father, has been very gracious to us to, because Sam's not, Sam Sam will do interviews in person, but Sam's not going to make himself available for interviews just because he's getting bombarded, you know, by not only the North Carolina media, but the Florida State media and the national media about what's going to happen with him. But um, I've known Duke for for a while now, and uh, he's, like I said, made himself available for some interviews. One of the things he said during, one of the more recent interviews 
is that if Sam were to take an official visit, and this is way back when um, that UNC had that big official visit weekend of uh, December 7th, when, when all the commits and a bunch of top targets were, were on campus, UNC w- was hopeful that Sam would also come, but Sam just needed a break. So he ended up taking a little bit of a trip with his quarterback coach and I think a couple of teammates to kind of get away from everything. And before that, though, his dad said, I guess it was still up in the air whether Sam would take an official to UNC that that weekend. He said, you know, if Sam was going to take an official visit, he needs to know that um, that that things are going to change. You know, Florida State is going to think differently about their quarterback situation. And so if he's going to take an official visit, it's going to have to it's going to it's there's a lot of implications and um, a lot of uh, blowback he's going to get from from Florida State. So, obviously, he didn't take the official visit that weekend. He made a, I guess, a one-day official visit this past Sunday. And um, if we're just kind of putting what Coach Hal said and applying it to this past weekend, I think it speaks volumes of where Sam's mindset is. I think it also doesn't hurt that Sam spent a an entire week with – the three UNC commitments we talked about at the Shrine Bowl. And I think it doesn't hurt that um, that Sam and his father have a prior relationship with Phil Longo, UNC's new offensive coordinator. And really the whole purpose of this past Sunday's official visit was for Sam to spend some time with Longo. Longo wasn't able to meet with Sam this past week because Sam was at the Shrine Bowl and there's an NCAA rule preventing any sort of contact during a um, during an all-star game activity sort of thing. But Longo did do an in-home visit with Sam's parents, which, according to his father, went very well. So the purpose of this was more, not even an introduction, because Sam, as I said, has met with uh, Longo before, but more of kind of, kind of uh, I guess, having him lay out just what the plans are, what the what he envisions, where Sam fits within their quarterback room, um, what opportunities are going to be there, that sort of thing. Because everything has basically changed since the last time Sam took an official visit. And I would imagine all of the typical stuff that fills up a an official visit, such as tours and meetings with nutritionists and meetings with you know strength coach and, and um, academic advisor and all that sort of stuff, probably went completely out the window and they probably just – just you know the house probably just hung out with uh phil longo the entire the entire day um the other thing that's really interesting is that florida state still does not have an offensive coordinator as of this recording now maybe they hire one later on and the one thing that you know coach hal has said um a couple times actually is that sam would not sign with the school that didn't have an offensive coordinator because he wants to know who's going to be calling the plays. He wants to know who's going to be preparing Sam during game week. He wants to know who's going to be developing Sam and that sort of thing. Now, he did kind of step back a little bit from that statement when I spoke to him on Friday, and he mentioned that he was going to leave that up to Sam. But, you know, he said that, you know, his feelings are still the same, is that, you know, he wants to know who – who his son's offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach is going to be before he signs. But if Sam feels strongly to stick with Florida state, then 
then you know he's going to uh, support Sam with that decision. But I just think that you know Florida State really um, you know didn't improve its image with with the fact that they don't have an offensive coordinator yet, and the that image is that underneath Willie Taggart the program is a mess, and the fact that you you got how long has it been? It's been it's been almost two weeks, right? That, that since Florida state lost uh, Walt bell as its offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. And the fact that you've taken almost two weeks to find an offensive coordinator and, and you are in need of, of signing a big time elite quarterback in this class. And you still don't have an OC is, is, uh, is not good. Um, there's been rumors of uh, Kendall Bryles, but you know, nothing has uh, happened officially yet. And, and that's only, hurting his chances with uh with Sam Howell and and really helping North Carolina's chances because North Carolina beat Florida State to the punch in, in landing an offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I think the the biggest thing Don is like you said that UNC hired an offensive coordinator who is who has that relationship with Sam with his father Duke and that you know they can just build upon that and I just think that as things stand right now it would be hard to see him sticking with his commitment to Florida State. Not to say that you know he he's going to sign with Carolina necessarily, but at this point, it's just difficult to see him ultimately electing to to go to the the Seminoles. So I think this is one that Carolina fans definitely need to keep an eye on for the next couple of days. You know, there we'll is the uh huh. Go ahead. There is one other thing I want to throw out there and. There has been discussion of Sam not signing during the De- December signing period and then just enrolling in whatever school he chooses in January. That would obviously give him a couple of additional weeks. The problem is is that whoever Florida State hires, because we'll, we're, we'll be in the dead period, Sam will not be able to meet them in person because he will not be able to. He can go to Florida State, but he can't meet with any coaches, including the new offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator can't come down and meet with Sam. Their only communication will be through uh, through the through the phone, really, and, and, and social media and other outlets. So there is that option. Now, again, when I spoke to Sam Howe's dad on Friday, he basically said that uh, he felt strongly that Sam was going to sign during the December signing period. But I, I think it's important to mention that it, that that plan has already changed once, and it wouldn't be like a huge surprise if it changed again. So, so I just want to keep that in mind. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a good kind of you know wait and see type type thing for everyone listening in here. Just to let you know, I I, I feel that most people that that are listening to this podcast on know already that recruiting is incredibly fluid, and that you know you can never kind of count anything for certain until basically everything's signed on the dotted line. So we will see what happens. But unless if you have any other news, man, I think we're good to go ahead and call this thing a wrap. And hopefully we'll talk again before the signing day period on, on the 19th. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing is, is that, you know, we're not slowing down. That is inside Carolina is not slowing down. We have a bunch planned for the next couple of days to prepare you for, the signing period. We also have uh, plenty of information on on these new signees that North Carolina will be adding to the roster um, with you know with the signing period. Uh, if you aren't someone that follows recruiting religiously year round, 
you'll you'll be you'll be fine because we'll have full profiles breaking down these guys so that by the end of Wednesday, if you're following our our uh, coverage, you will have a full understanding of each guy that North Carolina is signing. All right, hard to put it better than that. So for everyone listening in. This was Inside Carolina. John and Don here talking UNC football recruiting. We do appreciate everyone listening in as always. And Don, thank you again, man, for talking with me this morning. We'll hopefully get up later on in the week. All right. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. The season of free is in full swing at T-Mobile. And this time, we're going big, like the biggest screen you'll ever see at T-Mobile big. Because we're giving away 50-inch Samsung 4K TVs. You heard right, a free 50-inch TV delivered in time for the holidays when you get one of the latest Samsung phones and add a line. So get to a T-Mobile store right now, because this deal won't last long. At participating stores, offer fulfilled by Samsung with online redemption code. Qualifying credit, new line of service, timely redemption, and phone finance agreement required. Two new lines required for new customers, one offer per account. Find the best deals of the season at the Ram Big Finish event, like on Ram 1500, named one of Ward's 10 best interiors, with best-in-class V8 towing and the available Hemi V8 engine to handle even the toughest holiday errands. Or on Ram 3500, with best-in-class fifth-wheel towing, giving old St. Nick's sled a run for its money. Hurry in for a great deal at the Ram Big Finish event. Class-based on light-duty pickups and 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Properly secure all cargo. Always tow within the vehicle's capacity. Ram and Hemi are registered trademarks of FCA US LLC. The season of free is in full swing at T-Mobile. And this time, we're going big, like the biggest screen you'll ever see at T-Mobile big. Because we're giving away 50-inch Samsung 4K TVs. You heard right, a free 50-inch TV delivered in time for the holidays when you get one of the latest Samsung phones and add a line. So get to a T-Mobile store right now, because this deal won't last long. At participating stores, offer fulfilled by Samsung with online redemption code. Qualifying credit, new line of service, timely redemption, and phone finance agreement required. Two new lines required for new customers, one offer per account. Bumblebee is the best-reviewed movie of Christmas. With an incredible 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. You must protect Earth and its people. It's out of this world amazing. Where did you come from? The perfect blend of action, heart, and humor. Take it down! My Batsby! Not just a great Transformers movie, a great movie, period. That was insane. Haley Steinfeld, John Cena, Bumblebee. In theaters this Thursday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.